0: surviving you know when I usually hop on here and record the intros and outros um, they might sound somewhat ish not to toot my own honk polish it did by the time um, I've recorded them 17 times and you didn't hear any of the outtakes so this is a little bit um, overwhelming and uh, a little scary because I'm just i not going to edit this. I'm not going to take any time to polish this or make it perfect or put any kind of veneer on it. So I'm just going to go off on a little riff and, you know, say some thoughts and talk about where I'm at and and what's happening. And what an interesting time, right, to launch a brand new project (laughs) and a brand new business this year with so much inertia leading up to it. Um, I launched a life coaching business after getting certified last year. I started looking into graphic design in September, and I decided on a graphic designer in October, October 2nd, I think it was, and it was such a big process. I did a wordpress.org website, and that was a huge, long process. It took so much more time than I thought it was going to take, but it was so worth it, and like so many people you know i i've landed in um march of 2020 with where we're at and the realities and um you know i just want to talk about that and i just want to be honest even this last interview with Jill um Jill and i recorded that last tuesday and i don't know where you are and where you're listening to this um Jill lives in San Francisco I live in Salt Lake City, um, so that was sort of for wherever I am at in, in Utah. That was kind of like the day everything started to melt down, so we recorded that episode in the morning, and by, I know, I, I haven't had TV for years. I, I don't live under a rock with a tinfoil hat, but I make jokes that I do, um, so I just sort of went about my day. And decided I just needed a like a regular grocery shop and went out to the stores and immediately saw that everything was different and started having conversations that really sort of indicated that things were really different. And by the time I released the episode days later on Sunday, it was just like, you know, I really care about misogyny and patriarchy and marginalized communities and racism and equality and so many of our, um, societal problems that are ours to solve that actually if we had solved them, I'm not even really sure that we'd be in this mess and, um, you know, not to get any kind of like weird or political, but those are all still so important. And so where my heart resides, it really has been my belief for a long time that spiritually speaking until, we have healed the wounds of our society. We will be shown mirrors that make us confront. And um, it's going to be painful and it's going to be hard. And, you know, that's possibly where we are now, whatever you believe spiritually or scientifically or ethically, morally, news wise journalism about what's happening. Um, and I, I leave it open to how, however, this event is resonating for you. But anyway, all of this is to say, did I just break your I'm Sorry. Anyway, um, this is to say what does a brand new podcast that just launched, you know, and I actually think my theme is pretty malleable and flexible. I could do a really great pivot because we're all kind of low key spinning out, right? The whole podcast was about low-key spin-outs, and I think we're having a collective one right now. I know I'm personally having one, and I know I said I wasn't going to talk about the spin-out that I'm in right now, but actually, now that we're here in this moment, that's all I want to talk about. I want to talk about what I'm experiencing. I want to talk about what you're experiencing. And um, this is a really kind of fun, creative moment where we can sort of find ways um, but it is interesting. My my little 15 year old daughter, so ambitious and so cute, just started a new job at a cafe. And that cafe just opened. And these beautiful people who've opened this brand new business, and it's only been open for a couple of weeks, are forced to close their doors. And that's just one anecdotal story of so many, um, like I said, my business, possibly your business, these little you know, parts of our community and their nascency that want to offer so much, but um, perhaps really what is obviously going to thrive right now is foods, restaurants that can operate a drive through, grocery stores, people who are offering a service that is of an absolute survival necessity. And some of us are not offering that service. And I cannot imagine. If it's true that 75% of us in this country, in the United States of America, live paycheck to paycheck, I, I cannot imagine the humanity. There's what I'm experiencing. There's what you're experiencing. There's what our most susceptible, vulnerable people in our communities are experiencing. And, you know, maybe this is a really good opportunity to talk about that and find what is common within this um, I know this moment is scary, but I also know this moment is probably necessary as you probably do as well. I think we know that this is going to be a little bit of a rough ride, but that we're going to come out really changed and really different and for the better. I saw a TikTok, Ooh, gotta love TikTok, um, that showed scenes from Venice where after just a week of quarantine, polluted, muddy, gross waters had turned back to clear, bearing fish and wildlife, like that's amazing. I've seen pictures of the ozone over China after quarantine and and the slowing of the pace of our humanity there um, that show a clearing of the atmosphere. Like this is a reckoning. Seen another TikTok that talks about um really weird energy and kind of from like a witchy element that there were a bunch of people leading up to this who were pulling the tarot card of Tower of the Tower. I had actually seen that from my friend Paige on a on a live um she pulled the tarot, the Tower card the, earlier this month. So that's totally not to be all like confirmation biasy, but it's totally corroborated. I'm probably like you like you hear the news you may see on different social media how people are experiencing this what they're making of it I'm really seeing a lot of overlap and corroboration between what is scientific what is spiritual what is obviously obvious and intuitive about the way we treat the world and and population numbers and Everybody's going to have a way that they're going to be perceiving this. And, you know, for some of this, it's going to be a very scary and precarious lens for what it means for us individually, regardless of how we all come out of this at the end of the day. Oh, hang on. <laughs> Sorry, that was my little doggy. I thought I quarantined myself. Um, pun intended in my little closet without him and he found me so I heard a little sniff sniff at my closet door and he's here with me in my little arms I hope he stays good anyway um so what does it mean for this blossoming podcast that just started and we're what like nine episodes in can you stop (laughs) like he's so tired it's like two in the morning I I don't know about you, but I, I'm finding it. I'm such a night owl anyway. And shout out to the night owls who've always been night owls and always come alive at night. And you just can't get your schedule together because you are really vibrant and with it and all of that at night. But my little doggy is not totally a night owl, so he's super tired. But um, yeah, w- what what do I do? How do I pivot and make it relevant? And I think. You know, any great artist creates the thing that is the art that they crave. And I'm not trying to be all um, on my toot my honk again about that I'm an artist. But if I don't call this art, I have to call it content. And I actually think that patronizes you more than it patronizes me because this isn't content. This isn't something I'm putting out so that i can get a bunch of likes and clicks and build my social cloud i don't care about that i care about that in this time of uncertainty and feeling precarious and there are some of us that know we're going to be okay even if life is oh damn dog all right we're just gonna have to deal with this at this point because now he's um going around sniffing the shoes it's a lot of good smells to smell um anyway um no, I don't. I don't care about that. I, but I, I, I don't. This is not just something to consume. This is something to connect with, and resonate with. And what I mean by any great artist creates the thing that is the thing that would serve them. That's what I would want to create. This is the podcast that I would want to listen to. Now, we're all low key spinning out. So how can we um make this less about me or an interview or someone's story and more about what's actually happening now and how it can be useful how it can be informative without being dark or sad or but we need to um have on the ground stories and information share but you know some of this is actually kind of an exciting opportunity i have things that i Dog, can you, now you want out. Of course you do. Can, can... Sorry, bear with me. Come here. Um, the thing that I would want to listen to now would be a mix of like honoring the reality of what we're all experiencing and um, taking it seriously. This is not something, it's almost paradoxical, right? Like the more seriously we take this, the more we avoid the dire outcome that is predicted. And so I can foresee some people, if we do evade that outcome going, what were all you talking about? None of this was, all of you, this was the fake news hoopla media. No, this is actually, the more you're flippant about it, the more we're going to actually experience, um, you know, You're holding people's lives in your hands by how seriously that you're taking this. And I don't mean to get all serious or dark or political or um, have some kind of agenda, but this is obviously something to take very seriously. But what does it mean? And as I talked about on the first episode and through some of the episodes, all of my ethos will always be the humanity element experienced of what the backdrop is, whether that's patriarchy, Mormonism, you know, a spin-out, alcoholism. It's how a human actually experienced that theme, and that doesn't mean that's universal truth. That means that's one person's experience. So the more we can hear from different people on the ground, the more valuable that might be to all of us, wherever we might be, and however we're experiencing this, whether it's that we're a bartender or we're a a massage therapist or we're a librarian or we worked for the MBA and our entire six months of revenue is just gone and we have no safety net in place. I I think all of us, I know for me, how I'm experiencing this in my body. the thought of that is ex- making me experience an extreme amount of empathy overload because I'm not only considering myself and what this might mean, but I'm considering what this means for everybody. And I'm trying to let's just be realistic, right? Let's hear about some positive and let's hear about some reality, but with the lens of like what's Something that we could draw our attention to that. We could all collectively help or fix So that we don't just feel powerless. By the way, this is an interesting thing. I wanted to say this in light of um, The Jill stuff I started the last episode with Jill Dodd the founder of Roxy talking like a chastising her about um, Not accepting the 20 carat diamond ring and what was so so interesting about that <laughs> the dog was very quietly resting until i did that okay it's back to resting um was that within days i would be presented with just this unforeseeable unpredictable for all of us for me for you for me um pandemic that's at our feet and i had um somebody who's played a really interesting role in my life the last couple of years reach out and say, will you please let me know if you need help or if you need money? And I thought so hard about that. I was like, why is this the exact same thing as that diamond? Why is this the exact same thing that it would be so hard to accept that help and it would be about the same exact things that Jill articulated that I would want to believe that I'm the kind of person that is self-reliant and self-sufficient and I don't need to ask for help and I, I, I prepare well and I'm a good mom and I foresee every possible experience so no I don't need your help because what does that say about me if I need your help and you know, what's so confronting is that some of us are going to need to ask for help. And some of us are going to hum- need to be humble enough to accept that help. So that if you're in a dire financial position and you can you're making choices between your food or your medicine or paying your rent, that you can have the ability to get your needs met and not leave your landlord in a lurch which then leaves them in a lurch, leaving other people in a lurch and the whole system collapses. So let's remember that what we're, you know, this also reminds me um, of different stuff that's going on with my parents and how hard that was for me to have conversations that were kind of similar, not similar in asking for help, but similar in like um, admitting or revealing a different part of myself with my parents. I had been communicating REZ last episodes about intergenerational trauma. Um, I left those episodes so triumphant and almost euphoric which was so crazy to be feeling those experiences right on the heels of everybody collapsing and for a few days I was riding on those emotions so strongly because I did have really difficult conversations really humble conversations with my parents and I revealed myself to my parents and I articulated things because that felt actually so passive aggressive to post those episodes without having that conversation with them. So I kind of, by releasing them, forced myself to have those conversations and it felt very similar to having conversations about having to, um, if it gets to that point for me, and I suspect for anyone else who f- fancies themselves as the kind of person who has things under control and is takes care of their business and, like I said, is a good parent, is a good mom by being able to provide and, and take care of different needs. If you need to reorient your reality that you're actually the kind of person with this unforeseen circumstance that you are not a person who is able to offer help with the person who's in the position to need to ask for help, that's going to be really challenging. I bet. I know it is for me. I've had this person and then which is so sweet after these conversations with my parents, my parents have let me know for one, I'm not getting disowned, but for two to please, if I need money, if I need help, will I please ask for that help? And I'm extremely privileged in order to be able to have parents who are in that position. And my grandparents also offered, which is a really nice um symbiotic relationship because I realized when I went to the store for the first time in a week yesterday, I really should have called them and said, you know what, you we're actually at the point where you shouldn't be leaving the house and for your protection and your safety and for your quarantine because you're in those extremely vulnerable ages, I really should be taking care of all of those needs. And anytime I'm going to the store or anytime you need something, I want you to know that when I say that I want to do that for you, I want you to not sit there and say, oh, would that be an imposition? Or no, I want to be self-reliant and I want to go out to the store because I'm able-bodied. Um, my parents, my grandma's in her 70s and my grandpa's in his 80s. There's no absolute reason at this point with the talk of what's happening, at least where I live, that people should of that age be going out and and being made to be vulnerable and susceptible. So um, it's a hard thing on both ends, right? I think that's going to be a hard call for them. To say, yeah, will you go run these errands for me? But it would be just as hard for me if I gets to that point to go, um, yeah, I, I've run out of money. And I've got my rent and my bills and my things. And, you know, I think all of us... Again, this is why I tie it into what the conversation that I just had with my parents. It's not actually about money or about fears of dying. It's about the fear of the identity of who everything about how you've been living your life. About how the crutch of that propped up an identity story that is the best most comforting story about yourself that you've been able to tell by paying your bills and by getting your children's needs met. That's a comforting, warm, wonderful story. And for some of us, that story is going to crumble. And that loss of that identity, we are going to have to mourn. And that's going to be really hard. And if you don't resonate or identify with that, I'd like you to understand what that is like for the people who on a very very real and very visceral level are going to have to um, not only feel the weight of the pain of their savings um, melt and the wonder of if they should go into credit card debt to stockpile and which, which decision is right, right? Should I uh, be prepared now and pay the consequences later? Um, or which version of myself is the most responsible and the most enlightened and the most evolved and the most with it when this challenge says, I'm responsible to be financially responsible And this challenge over here asks me to be a good parent for my children and look out for their needs, even hypothesizing in the future. That is going to be really, really, really difficult. Um, I'm sure some of us, me, yes, are already feeling the weight of those choices. And even those spirituality has been calling me for years to my practice of meditation and journaling and all of the things that are the salve for these things. And maybe what might be good is to start some kind of group where we can keep each other accountable on our best mental health practices and our best um, routine practices, so that we know we're looking out for ourselves. We're getting water, we're getting hydrated. Our bodies are moving. We're You know, maybe taking a walk in nature, doing what we can responsibly without large groups of social interaction, but what we can personally do because it's a lot easier to numb. It's a lot easier to zone out. It is a lot easier to not do the things that are mentally within your best interest and physically. So um, that's something I'm thinking through, like, what can a community that we can galvanize offer that is within the value of first and foremost being self-advocate for our own selves, but second, other advocate and responsible for the people around us and keep our heads in the game. Um, I think that it's been even even to record this interview, which has been on my mind for days and days. I have been in freeze mode that has been my response Um, it feels a little reminiscent of some of our other recent times of like I don't mean to get political again but the election in 2016 I had so much um, inspiration and passion for what I would have wanted to communicate and talk about at that time that all of a sudden it didn't seem appropriate because of the zeitgeist understandably and Uh, importantly respectfully so was about privilege and power and I so respect the things that I couldn't have foreseen because they weren't my message that were all a part of that message but I actually feel like in this moment I'm writing the zeitgeist much more humbly and my agenda would have been one thing to talk about on this podcast and within my writing but I am more malleable and clarify it at this moment that how you offer value is to offer value. <laughs> That's what you do. Whoa, so deep. Ooh, we're that was profound. Wow. Dog, are you impressed? <laughs> anyway, um, my thought has been to do this daily as like a daily check-in. Let's just be real. Let's talk. Let's have a laugh. But that's been so overwhelming. It's kept me from even starting this one thing. Now I think, you know what? I could get a guest here or there. If you'd like to be a guest, reach out to me because this isn't about some kind of book deal or are you the CEO of whatever. This is about voices of diversity in various locations on the ground with their own personal experiences of the humanity of what's happening right now. So that could literally be anybody so long as it's not a bunch of white men or women, <laughs> not to be crude, but I guess, you know, I am a white woman, but, um, that's just not what I would want to have. I would want to have very diverse, um, people on the ground, again, talking about how they're experiencing this and what they're feeling, what's really real, in a um, vulnerable sense that is healthy and helpful without being weighty and heavy. And then you know, let's let's mix in some stuff from the old times and and our some maybe our funny party stories, just stuff that's that's a little light that somehow has something to do with what we're experiencing now. Let's have a laugh. Laughter really is the best medicine and I don't want to make light this is, this is not funny, but there is a way that um, we can really come together through this. And I want to be a part of that with my microphone and I hope you feel the same with yours. So I think I'll leave it at that for what I'm feeling and experiencing today. And thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. I know that is overwhelming as this has been for me to even just arrive here because of my freeze mode, that there is some kind of salvation for me personally, let alone you or what I could offer anyone who finds resonance with this message, but for me alone to know that there's some kind of task that I can do, that I can find meaning and purpose and schedule in, that's probably gonna be a big part of my salvation. So thank you for playing your part and connecting with me on any way you're connecting with me on how this is um, playing out, whether that's a comment. Isn't it kind of such a shame that just podcasts don't have the same um, platform like YouTube or something where you could leave a comment on this or just lightly say what resonated with you or what you felt listening or, you know, what I could improve or how you want to get involved. That would be so nice. But you can't do it on most platforms that you're listening to this podcast on, but you can do it on my website, which is Natalie com, or on my Instagram, which is at Natalie Q Q U E spelled out. Um, I'm on TikTok Natalie.Q. I'm on SoundCloud MixCloud for our music. I guess we're not supposed to take too much internet since all the students will be online taking up all the bandwidth, but whatever. Um, We're going to get through this together. There are going to be so many more beautiful silver linings than we've even begun to discover, even though it's going to be brutal. Um, And uh, I'm going to, uh, I want to share a few things, different books that I'm reading, different messages that are landing or resonating with me that might have not been intended uh, for their book launch to coincide with coronavirus, but it's totally seem salient and timely. So I will definitely share that with you, um, in coming episodes. There's so much more that I would want to discuss, but I think we've definitely beat the horse to death today. (laughs) And since it's almost three in the morning, I should probably go to sleep, but thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you again for being here. I hope that you are well and happy and taking your safety precautions. I am with you in your quarantine I was alone by myself without my kids or anybody all last week. I totally understand the isolation and the loneliness. I've worked from home for a long time. So yes, I do have a leg up on what that's like. But for anybody who's new and hadn't anticipated, oh, maybe I need a husband for coronavirus. Oh, too late. Like, you're single, bitch. (laughs) Okay, I want to delete this already. I'm going off on some weird thread. Who cares? Okay. I'm just saying I understand um, as, as in so much as I can that this is not ideal and it is not fun and it does not tickle and it is lonely and it is confusing and it is isolating and there is so much loss of things that we love and we are not going to be privy to the silver lining that that loss was for our good um, for a long time. And so we're just, we're in the shit. We're sitting in the shit. But we're in the shit together. Never on the face of this earth have so many people collectively been in the same predicament of uncertainty and ambiguity and quietness and stillness. So let's find ways, again, to make that not only to our own benefit, but to the collective benefit of everyone as we are all in our cocoon together even though it doesn't feel like it we are going to reemerge as the most beautiful and spectacular butterfly I don't mean to be like speaking in platitudes or fanciful <laughs> far off dreams but I think at the deepest essence of your being you know that and that and again not to make light of how horrific. This has hurt and will continue to hurt the most vulnerable and marginalized and susceptible, pop. you know, people within our populations. It's God awful. God awful upon God awful on so many levels. For you, for me, for others that we know and love and others that we don't know but we do and should love. But This is a moment to really get down and not only creative, but immersed in our most loving and accepting and hopeful parts of ourselves. And so we shall. And I'll meet you there. Lots of love. (laughs) mm <laughs>